0: makes sense
1: Mm -hmm. so you know we had to be good too it's not like we were uh you know not trained but um there are more trained people and you know they're saying and a lot of them sing and act too so there you go Mm -hmm. so training 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 of course but it's still opportunity meets preparation like you said Zaya she does everything um she sings she dances, she acts Mm -hmm. as well as most most young people now coming up you know Mm -hmm. So I think that is important.
0: In a business of highs and lows, how did you keep yourself strong in those low moments? Um, You know what, I always had support of a lot of friends and I'm the
1: type of person, it's funny you mentioned other jobs. In New York, I worked as a waiter and here I turned down some dance jobs because I wanted to do more acting things. And I took a job in a restaurant. I like working, I'm a worker. And I never put my whole mindset into like, oh my gosh, if I'm not working, I don't have any self-worth. I had friends that couldn't wait on tables. And I explained to them, this job is fun. They're like, what's fun about it? I'm like, it's like a party. And everybody's my guest. I go to their table and I'm like, well, can I get you something to drink? That's the same that I do if I have a party at my house. Mm -hmm. And I get them a drink. I met my first agent in New York as a waiter. She's like, are you an actor? I'm like, yeah I I am would you like more coffee she's like no seriously she's an agent I'm like I know I'm really busy it (laughs) It was just like and they just loved me because I was just real it's like I'm here to do a job and she signed me it was interesting she's my first agent in New York but I think the highs and lows is just like don't get so inside yourself and know that your opportunity cannot be taken away from you um that's an important thing for people to know in life I think um I was invited to dance on Michael Jackson's tour, but I didn't have a passport. It didn't, you know, it's, it's funny to talk about now. I did not get the tour originally. Vince Patterson, I had auditioned for him and I was one of the people on file. Some guy broke his leg in Moscow. I don't know how many dancers down the list I was, Mark, but they called me, Gary, do you have a passport? Likewise, we need an immediate replacement and you need to be on a plane to Moscow tomorrow. Hmm good information for people always have a passport guys. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you never know. To if you're that an time. entertainer,
0: you should probably always have a passport ready. Always. Absolutely. And mine had
1: expired. I'm like, I can't get on that flight. Thank you. Next answer on the list.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on, right. It's a oh, job. the thing in this town. There's always going to be 10 people that are more than ready to step in. Should you not be available?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have I any
0: role be- models yourself? Oh, I've, gosh. Well,
1: Okay, just in, in life, one of my one of my role models that's no longer with us, Louise Hay. Um, so you can heal your life. Um, role models in the entertainment industry, like my friends, are even my role models. Like like even friends like Lance Roberts or you know Lance, who has not so much celebrities that I know, but people like Lance who has sustained moved to New York and did like 10 consecutive Broadway shows.
0: Yeah. Know? Things really took off for him. Uh, uh, I mean, you can't get him off Broadway now. You can't get him off Broadway. You know, it's interesting. He'd also be a great guest. You know, it's interesting about Lance too is
1: um, I didn't manage Lance ever, but Lance and I started out and did shows together mm-hmm. um, and I even did some choreography for him when he was, but I remember him calling me cause I was managing a lot of people at the time. And he's like, hey, Gary, what do you think? Like, I'm supposed to go to New York with Pee Wee's Playhouse. uh, uh, It's like a six-month run. Then what I'm going to do? I was like, Lance, go. You'll never come back. (laughs) Uh I said, I guarantee you, go. Go to New York. You know, I just, I just, just, like, knew. I knew in my heart, like, he's just a
0: theater person, you know? So Lance seems to have cracked it into that circle, you know, of, of, people that are continuously working on Broadway, does it get easier for dancers once you uh, get a couple of jobs under your belt? Uh, Mark, absolutely, like any other industry. We're
1: in an industry like any anybody else. John Engstrom calls me, hey Gary, do you wanna replace on the tour? Yeah, I, I, I used to have friends that would say, you're the only person I know that somebody calls and invites to do a job. It's like, that's not true. I'm not the only person like that. Many people, Bob Fosse only worked with the same dancers. Mm-hmm trying to crack in is the hard part. You know, I auditioned for dance and what was still on Broadway. And I had the privilege, oh, idols, Bob Fosse, number one, number one, number one. I got to meet an audition for him and I was down to the end mark, but I didn't get it, but that's okay. I met him and I knew he he would have wanted me. There were three of us at the end of the audition to replace on the dance and tour. And they took one of the other guys, but I'm like, that's okay. Mr. Fosse and you in the same room. And you danced all day and he liked
0: you. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that to me was enough, you know? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty spectacular right there. Uh, how have you noticed the the dance injury in how have you noticed the dance industry changing over the years? Pros and cons for better or for oh, worse?
1: Well, one thing one thing that's kind of challenging is man, you better be able to do tricks. Like when I saw newsies, I'm like, I can't believe those kids are doing that eight times a week. I mean, it's the choreography. Uh, uh Christopher Griscitelli who again is another person I I can't go on about the choreographers because I would be talking to you for five hours and a lot of people wouldn't know who I'm talking about but Christopher Griscitelli who choreographed that I was just like some of the best choreography I've ever seen mm-hmm. Newsies came out what 2007 or something mm-hmm. so the bar is raised so you have to be really good like you said even pole dancing I'm a huge fan it's athletic it's acrobatic it's difficult um so i would say that you know man dancers work i think we work just as hard but in a different you know way mm-hmm. you have to really be trained you have to learn all forms please get into hip-hop please learn as many forms females have to dance really well in heels mm-hmm. um which they had to People teach classes did. just a heels class you know of course and it should have always been it should have always been a class um, you know, for, for people, because it's very important that because ladies do have to do amazing. Don't get me wrong. There were always ballroom classes and dances and heels when we were younger too, but now it's, it's more
0: acrobatic. The requirements are, are, are more strenuous as, as it will. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. What's the role that social media uh, plays in a performer's career these days? Well, I think
1: social media is very important um, because when people post, um, you know, one of my clients, you know, I'll be honest with you, one of my clients told me, uh, she posted, I don't know what she was singing, and guess who saw it? Like, Rihanna's producer or something. I was mm. like, what? Yeah, like, you know, how would, how would she reach the, the, one of the people that, he's like, yeah, he's waiting for her to record three songs. So, mm. he's like, you can't get any better than that. I don't know how to call him up, Mark. <laughs> okay, yeah. right? Huh. Like, how do I call him? I don't know his number. You know, it's funny it's, it's a, who, you know, business, it always was, but these kids have such a great post yourself, be on social media, you know, not an hour of yourself doing something post vignettes of yourself. You can be your own commercial. Hmm. You'd have to watch a little bit about with the stalking stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the
0: downside of being too uh, approachable as it were. Yeah. It's really too bad that they make it it's like the default is where people can find out everything about you online instead of them having to work for it or go through something. I mean, it can be dangerous too. I mean, people's addresses are all online and stuff, yeah. and pictures of where they live. Uh, yeah. I I don't get why the laws are not more restrictive in that way. Why anyone should be able to punch up your name and find out where you live.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I worry about my younger. I worry about my younger talent that way all the time mark uh yeah and you know you know now when you go in there like how many followers do you have on twitter i've i've heard of actors tell me casting people ask them that and,
0: yeah and it does make a difference i mean if one actor if two actors are up for a role and one person has five thousand followers and the other one has five million you can bet that the one that has five million is probably going to get that role and right. it doesn't necessarily mean because they're the best person for the role or most talented for the role. What What is your favorite uh, social media platform and, and why? Well, for me, I
1: probably just because of my age, I like Facebook because I have a lot of, there's a lot of contemporaries from my generation of Facebook. Mm-hmm. As far as for kids, for, okay, for, I should, let's, I, kids is the proper word, young artists, they're trying to get into the industry. I think TikTok is a really great platform for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think Instagram also is one that weights really high. So I would consider those the three to me that would be, you know, probably the ones, you know, Snapchat and, you know, Twitter and stuff. I don't know. I I don't know as much about those. I would think that Instagram, TikTok and Facebook would be my top, Three.
0: Hmm.
1: What do you think about dance reality shows? Well, I I, I, I love dance reality shows. Um, well, I'm you know I'm a huge fan of Dance with the Stars. You need to be on it. Um, and all dance reality shows. Um, I dance now. Not a was never a huge fan of dance moms, but it was my sister that called me up one day, and she's the one that. So you think you can dance? Had been on for two or three seasons, and she goes. Carrie, have you ever seen this show? And I'm like, no, I haven't. She said, can I just ask one question? Just when I see all of these dancers online to get into audition." she goes, was it like that? And I was like, yeah. I watched the show, I was like, yeah, it was like that. Marking every day. I remember auditioning for Radio City Music Hall in New York and I waited for three hours. And right as I got up there to go in, I don't know if you sang first, you danced first. She's like, I'm so sorry we're not seeing anybody else. We just have enough time to see the person right in front of me. And I was like, but I've been here for three hours. They're like, sorry.
0: Hmm.
1: I remember auditioning for Sunset Boulevard it was in, in Los Angeles here. And It was an equity audition. Was it the meeting. one that Diane
0: Carroll was in or, or oh, was, was um, Glenn Close doing it? I think Glenn was doing it at that time. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think it was before Diane Carroll stepped in. And I, I remember... Yeah, when, if it was in
0: L.A., I think it probably was Glenn Korska. I think Diane Carroll was in Canada when she did the, the Canadian version of it, I think. I'm not positive. Oh, she did, or maybe she may be replaced on Broadway, even.
1: Because
0: okay. I'm, I'm 90% sure she at least did the run in Canada, and I think it was Glenn Close that did it in Century City at the <laughs> Schubert. The Schubert's closed now, huh? Yes, the Schubert's closed.
1: And you know, it's so funny, just speaking about Diane Carroll, it's like you know, that's a great role model. You know, this, this is a woman who studied and was great at everything. She was a singer. She was an actress. She, you know what I'm saying? Like I do wish young people would look back at role models like that. And, yeah, and she and, worked her, took us off. Yeah. But it, well, she, well, first of all, she had a lot of God-given talent and she, she, with hard work, that's what that's where you get. You know, she worked right. on Broadway initially, and you know, the rest is history. But you know, to become a legend like that, you really have to commit a lifetime to
0: it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Has uh, your perception of dancing uh, or of the dancing profession changed over time? Well, I
1: lo- I, I my fondest memories, I, I no matter what I identify as, I will always identify as a dancer. You want to start acting, they're like, you, you, you should be, a, you know, always remember you're a dancer. I think, yes, my perception has changed in this, this way. I think that it's reached the masses. Whereas in my generation, it, it didn't. My dad died in 2015 at 90 years old. I remember a couple years before he died, he goes, Gary, why aren't you dancing? He goes, what are you, what are you doing in LA
0: <laughs> now, yeah. right now?
1: And I was like, Oh dad, you don't know, do this. That. And he goes, mm-hmm. Because when you were in it, there was, he goes, Gary, I just see dance all over the place. Like you should be involved. Of course, you know, I've moved on to, you know, after the clothing business to talent management and stuff. So I was still doing things I love to do. As you know, your loves change as you, you go on in life. But, um, but I understood he, what he meant is like when i come see you and they drove everywhere to see me dance with Milwaukee Ballet in Akron, Ohio, or whatever the closest city was to them or go see me on tour with something. Um,
0: Yes, I don't it's think great that your parents were supportive like that. Well, they were extremely supportive. I mean, especially I your dad. Were... I mean, at that time, you could see how Oh, yeah, my dad was just
1: very, very supportive. But again, now it's reached the masses. I mean, now if you say to somebody, have you seen Hamilton? like everybody knows what that is. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I one thing the way dance and and let's face it, shows like dancing with the stars and even dance moms they have really opened people's mind to like what dance is. Mm-hmm. So I think like from PBS specials, like I was talking to you about in the seventies to worldwide recognition. Yeah. It's changed completely. You know, it's so cool to be a dancer. And even if you have a, a kid that dances and you know, he's a, a, a guy dancer, which I, I would definitely say that was not what I experienced becoming a dancer in <laughs> the, the era I did it. in. You know,
0: So it's not looked at as someone wanting to be an actor then if for some reason, people think, I guess, the dance career is more stable or, I mean, it it, it is, a, a, a you have a certain amount of lifespan. I mean, you, you can really pretty much only do it for a certain period of time in your life.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will, you know, there, I have friends on Broadway that are like my age that still do dance courses, but that's correct. You have to segue into something. However, I would say, you know, it used to be till 40 right now, you could pretty well probably still do just dance, you know, until you're about fifty, because people are really fit up to then. Mm-hmm. But I would agree. Unlike acting, you know, you can become an actor at eighty years old, yeah. You know, yeah. And and start at eighty, right? So that that for sure is something that dance you can never do in the field of dance. Yeah,
0: my uh, high school acting teacher, John Ingle, his career took off upon retirement. Actually, uh, after he retired from teaching, he started working a lot and and he got cast as the uh headquarter main on general hospital that he was on for about 12 years before he passed away oh, but wow. his career uh actually you know took off after he retired how have you noticed that the uh pandemic has affected the dance community and are they on the road to recovering now uh, what's well, going on with that yeah like i said you know but you know yeah of
1: course um you know, I, I still teach her locally in Los Angeles. so was judging dance competitions, which we completely—they uh, shut down the tour for 2020, 2021. We used to do 45 cities. I didn't do all 45, but I was contracted to certain cities on the West Coast to judge. And um, I don't even think they're doing 20. So now, look at all the Broadway theater—they're just coming back now. Um, cruise ships—I'm not sure. Television, and film. Yeah, it's been rough, like the entire industry, but I would say dancers would be heard probably more. Um, some of the Vegas shows are back. I saw on the VMA Awards, um, it was Camila Cabello did a number and it was cute. They incorporated the dancers wearing masks during the number. I thought, you go, that's a good idea, good idea. You know? um, it was a, a, a Latin-based number and it's her new single. I don't remember the name of it, but I thought that was creative. but yeah, for sure. I think more actors have gone back to
0: work technically than dancers right now, but again, they will, they will go back, of course. Things will recover. So do you plan your career or just kind of go with the flow? I know we talked about metaphysics and stuff. Yeah, i you know what, this is, I'm gonna say for me,
1: Mark, anytime I planned it, it didn't go well. I, that's where I learned, I'm, cause I'm a planner cause I own the clothing business and stuff, but I realized you can't, you have to be a go with the flow person. Hmm. or, or, or I'm going to say, I'm going to say it another way. I feel like success It's just from my viewpoint is like, I have wishes and hopes and dreams and desires, but only God really has plans for somebody. So I'm saying like, yeah, I plan to become a millionaire, you know, well, I was a millionaire. I made millions of dollars. I lost millions of dollars, but I'm comfortable now I own my own home, whatever. But the point is, what what do I see myself doing well I never saw myself running a clothing business and I wouldn't give those years up for anything I never saw myself managing other talent I even never saw myself as a ballet dancer so I feel that the reason you don't want to plan it is because you put more restraints on yourself
0: Hmm. the
1: other way do you see what I'm saying yeah you're thinking you you know same thing well I have to be on you know I did that I quit the business at 30 I'm like well I was on the young and the restless side of a recurring partner. I'm like, well, there you go, Gary. They wrote you off the show. Just quit this. But I had something to step into. I stepped into my own clothing business. I'm like, well, you don't need to do this because you love doing your clothing thing. Why don't you do that? And then I still did go on acting gigs here and there. And I booked a couple of them. I did passion stuff, But I think that I think go with the flow is just a life thing that you should do it doesn't mean you stop trying to do something you put yourself out there you put energy by going to the auditions by writing stuff and I, I know you were writing and producing some of your own stuff well of course or you're doing this show that's what you do and then opportunities come to you because you're putting energy in that
0: category hmm. um what do you think and i just forgot the question i was going to ask what was it um going with the flow oh so Uh, How did you get into managing other performers? How did that all start? That's, you know, that's a great,
1: you have the best questions on the planet. So I was trying to get myself work and I'm taking an acting class here in in Los Angeles. And a girl, an actress, Jolie, um, Jolie Lutz, I think was her last name. She got herself a recurring part on night court is the court reporter by submitting herself. And I'm in this class going, Jolie, okay. You know, she was in the class. I was like, so at that time the breakdowns came out and they were sent to agents and managers, okay? So I first did it on the down low. She had an apartment up Beachwood Canyon. And she's like, Gary, get a couple other actor friends of yours and tell them you'd like to submit them on projects make up a management company and a letterhead. And that's what I did. And I got all, I got friends jobs <laughs> and then myself job. I went through and I, we all shared the breakdown services. She got them. She would leave them out in a mailbox up on Beechwood Canyon somewhere. And if another actor was looking at them, you'd wait in your car behind them. Isn't that a crazy story, <laughs> you drop off, you'd write down the projects and all the information you need. You put the breakdowns back in the envelope. When I had my clothing business, my brother suggested, he's like, Gary, I know you want to do something in the entertainment industry. Why don't you manage talent? So at that point, I, I had to go get breakdown services like the legal way, right? Mm-hmm. So all you needed was three industry people to vouch for you. So I went to agents that either worked with me before casting directors that I knew and said, I'd like to do this. And, and three of them wrote me really wonderful letters. And, and then you, I had to go on withdrawal with SAG. I think there was they didn't care about equity at that time, they didn't care about after. Like you have got to go and honor withdrawal for Screen Actors Guild, which I did because I wasn't currently looking to work as an actor.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. uh, to what extent has your classical dance training helped you as you developed your own contemporary choreographic style over the years?
1: That's another great question. It's funny when I the last couple of things I choreographed, I didn't realize like I. Everybody's like, your choreography is so balletic. And I thought, really? Because I I I didn't realize that my choreography wouldn't have been perceived as balletic, but I remember choreographing a a show in New York. It was an industrial show for industrial entertainment, and people saying, It's the lines, Gary, it's the lines. And I thought, well, because you know I'm a huge Fosse fan, but Fosse stuff is very particular. They're like people that had seen a lot of my choreography said the thing that that separates your choreography is, it always has very clean, crisp lines.
0: Hmm.
1: So I guess that is uh, always thought of those or, or relates to being ballet because it's all about lines. So, I mean, I think that maybe that's how the classical
0: Impact. ballet
1: influences all choreography I do is that I'm very conscious of,
0: of lines. Hmm. Um we kind of touched on this a little bit, but how does age impact a dancer? And are there things one can do to lessen the impact of getting older?
1: Well, I, I okay. So, you know, the In the Heights movie that was released, I loved this article. I read the article, Lynn manuel Miranda and uh, put in a dancer. And I think she was like 65 or 68 years old. She was in her sixties, which was unheard of. These like, she went there. She could be a resident of Washington Heights. She it was a Latina woman and she could, there are dancers. Like when I did Mitzi Gaynor's act, I was in my twenties, but Mitzi was 53. When I worked with Julia Prowse again, I was probably in my twenties, but she was 53 or whatever. Hmm. Um, so Rita Moreno, Chita Rivera, they still dance. I do believe that you have to, however, market yourself and bring in other, like all of those people I mentioned do other things mm-hmm. you couldn't support. I don't believe you could necessarily it'd be very difficult to support yourself as a dancer. If you are in your sixties, because I don't think there are uh, projects that would utilize your capabilities. However, you could choreograph, you could teach, you could still dance in projects and you could do some acting. Right. So I think that diversification would be the way to have a, a the longevity of a career, you know, or do what I was, you know, judge dance competitions. You could do mm-hmm. all of that.
0: Hmm. Uh, what ways has dance changed you as a person? Um, well,
1: dance dance is the first thing that taught me discipline. I mean, to me, dance did, I, I have everything. If I say, oh, all success is dance. I don't think I would have been able to run a successful business. My brother's a great artist because he's a designer artist, he's great with color and fabrics and interior. You know, when you have a design background, he could do interior, anything that's design he can do, but he couldn't do business. And he, I realized as an artist, because we're brothers, we were in business for a long time, that he just isn't a disciplined soul. You know, the actors that succeed, a lot of them, Jennifer Lawrence, even some of this, but they're really good business people. Like, you know, I went to school with Madonna, she was a year older, but, did people think she was the best dancer there? No. Um, I love Madonna because she was, you know, just outrageous, but she she was clear cut and motivated and disciplined. She was a very disciplined girl, even at 17. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that the, the discipline I, I attribute all the time, you know, get up early, get the job done. I'm competent. And that's with, just because of my dance background.
0: hmm What do you
1: see or hope as being the future of dance? I think just incredible things are happening for dance. I think the dance phenomenon is worldwide. I think um, even people that self-train, which you can, like I said, do because there's so many resources to watch. I think it's just gonna keep growing and growing and we are more respected like we were talking about the the sport aspect, people always respected sports people, but people were just like, "You're a dancer." Like, like I mean, in my day, they were like, "I remember, you know, your dancing is shown up in Atlantic City." People were like, "Oh, it's kind of like what they thought of models before people, you know, because I did some modeling in New York too. It's like it's a hard job. It's like you're you're it's, you have to have strength and endurance to stand there and pose for people and do what they're saying. Just like dancing, I think part of that was just like. I think people always respected actors and people could hear singers. They're like, Oh, you're a dancer. Like, like, I think people would think like, Oh, is that something you do when you don't really do anything else? Mm -hmm. So I think that there was, you know, unless you were Gene Kelly, I think in our day it was like, Oh, I don't think there was a lot of respect, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, connected with being a dancer. Hmm. matter of fact when I first moved here I was like I took all dance cards. they're like if you want to be an actor please don't let people know you dance <laughs> it, was kind of like, it, was just, it was just so derogatory to be an it's just like they won't think you're a dancer they won't think you can act um, you know but perception has changed so much like like, like I was saying you know, Nico Grethel boy wins so you think you can dance he's now getting awards for acting and stuff because to be a good dancer you are a good actor as you know Mm-hmm. To, to move people through your body movement and tell a story. Yeah. You're, you're, you're an actor, you know, right? So
0: absolutely. You've taught all you've taught all over the world. How do you inspire and motivate your students? Well
1: I think that's a great question too. I love dancing so much and, and I think they see it. And I'm, I'm so excited when I, when I see people dance, because it's like, it's a God given thing that comes out. But I, one of the ways I try to inspire people is I love all types of music, Mark. And I always teach all my classes with very diversified music and I can feel, I I know when I get it right, because I could just see the kids, they're so excited to move for, you. Mm. you know what I mean? It's just like, I, it's, I think about music all the time. I was thinking about like my classes now and I use a, a, a piece that the, when I was in college, there was this piece called jam on the groove that my professor used for jazz dance class. I'm like, I got it. And I, of course, on the internet you can find anything. And I started to use that in my class. And it's just, it's just this driving music that makes you want to dance. You know, I use a lot of current music. Even if it's a ballet class. I don't necessarily use classical music. I,
0: I do infiltrate some in, you know, it just depends.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: What are the demands of being on tour? You've done uh, Broadway tours, several.
1: Yeah, well, you know, being on tour, well, when when you're young, it's fun. (laughs) Okay, so let's don't forget, you know, you're so excited to be. Yeah, we're getting on a plane, we're going to new city and living with each other. Um, I do think after a while, you get to the age, like you know, once you're through your twenties and you get in your thirties, stuff. It's kind of like, ew, I don't really want to live off out of a suitcase. So I, I didn't say touring is better for young people, but I just had so much fun doing it. We even had a tour bus like they do like rock shows do when we got to Florida with Mitzi Zach, because she, we played so many cities in Florida. You couldn't fly between them. They were too short of a distance. <laughs> like so they got us these cool tour buses where there was like, you know, a kitchen on it and these, these tables and we play games and stuff. So I think that, Touring is hard, but I always made it so much fun. What's I, the I, most I, mischief you, you ever got got into on tour. Oh, I got into a lot of mischief. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? I got into so much mischief. They it, it just everywhere. I got um when we toured with Mitzi Zach, there were two buses that went in between the we flew everywhere except when we got, like I said, to Florida. And they informed me the conductor would not go on the same bus as I, as me, because I was too loud. He said, he said, he can't carry, you, you have to separate you from the conductor. because I never been playing games and singing show tunes and stuff. So I, I almost got fired from 42nd street twice. If anybody's seen the show, you know, there's a lot of dancers in it. And I understudied one of the leads, but I was, you know, a dancer. And they were like, at the beginning of the show, it's an audition. So I was in the front and then they're like straight lines. And the, the singer was like, Gary, what are you doing back there? And I said, well, there's, you know, there's what, 30, 50 other people on stage making the noises. It's like, you have to do the tap stuff. <laughs> I, like, I was doing like air taps in the back. Uh-huh. And, and just stories like that. I was in one scene, I played the piano player and I started doing this little bit behind the piano and bouncing around. And some of the swing dancers, you know, swing is somebody that's not in the show every night. So they get to watch it like, oh my God, Gary, it's hysterical what you're doing the show. I'm like, really? I started building it and they're like, okay, Gary this isn't your act. You have to stop right now because you're pulling focus from the scene, like you're <laughs> doing the scenery. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's what you get when you stick somebody like me in a chorus, like I can't. Like I was like the, I love Lucy. I was like the Lucy of the show, you know? <laughs>
0: you provided no. a lot of entertainment for people.
1: Yeah, but I do, I mean, I love tour, touring. You know, it does get tedious because you're doing the same show every night, you know? Yeah. Um. But, you know, I think that I, I saw the entire country because I was a musical theater performer and I'll never forget it. You know, when you, when you tour in a national tour, you play everywhere, Hmm. you know, so that was, I mean, you know, you're in Atlanta, Des Moines, Iowa. You know, you see the country. It's a really great way to see the country, I
0: think. Hmm. What's the most common misconception about dancers? Um...
1: That's a good question. I think a, a, a real misconception about them is that they're, they're all partiers or, you know, and, and I, my date was like, all dancers smoked. Well, I mean, a lot of dancers, I think smoke. Isn't that mainly day, to but, your weight uh, down though? Wasn't that how that? Yeah. Started? Well, I don't, I didn't work with a lot of dancers that smoked, but of course some people smoked. Um, I also think that the correct with the weight thing and, and, like them maybe doing drugs or, you know, I think most dancers today are fit. They have a good diet. Um, A lot of them are vegan and vegetarian and healthy. Um, I think the conception that I, like I said earlier, that really always bothered me was that I wasn't as intelligent as someone because I chose to be a dancer. Like Mm -hmm. as though it was a profession that some, a dumb person would do. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I guess, cause it's physical. I don't know if sports people feel the same way. Like, you know, that it, it, if you're a football player, you're dumb. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know if our generation, like my generation was just like that, but I, I, I felt like I'm college educated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there was that just that, Oh, you're a dancer. Like, like, like you're a stripper. I don't. I mean, not like you know what I'm saying. Like, and and today I'll tell you, it takes a lot to be a stripper. Like you're saying, a pole person. But I, I don't know. I, I always felt like it was like in our generation. Oh, you're a model. Like there, I, I felt like it was like not a wonderful thing to be. You see mm-hmm. your Oh, you're an actor. You know. <laughs> like, Oh, you're a singer. Oh, you're you're a dancer. So I felt like that was a big misconception that is it has been in this generation. They don't have to deal with that. If mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, how long? Does it take to become a professional dancer, generally speaking?
1: Well, generally speaking, you have to have really good training for a minimum of, I would say three to five years. I I, I mean, you can be really great and take dance for two or three years, but I mean, you would have to have intense training in my opinion, which would be dancing every single day for quite a few hours. To be trained in three years or five years. So I will tell you one thing about dancers: you look at pay scale stuff. Um, you know, dancers probably train the longest and hardest, and necessarily don't get paid the most in the
0: industry. What was your average training day like when when you were in the thick of it as a dancer? Well, my average. I received a
1: lot of training. Like in college, we danced all day and rehearsed all night. I mean, back then, uh, you know, you're dancing. eight eight to 12 hours a day. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Same thing with rehearsals. You're rehearsing eight hours a day. Most dancers that want to keep themselves up while they're doing a show at night, they're still dancing during the week. Um, So it is a profession that you do constantly train. There's no, there's no really not, not, not training. If you want to continue to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. I still feel like you know, like I say, whenever I go back to feeling, whenever I get in my head and I lose myself, for me, I go into the ballet studio. There's this movie called, what was it called? Center Stage. And Donna Murphy plays this part. And it's just like, you know how some things sing to you? She says this to the young dancer who's played wonderfully by Zoe Zaldana. And she says, I know, you know, you got this person saying that in this choreography. She goes, when you come into this room and you put your hand on that bar, You're home. I get chills every time I hear that because that's like me, like if I go in that studio and I'm alone, like when the pandemic hit and the studio closed, they wanted us to go in and zoom our, uh, uh, not zoom, but, but go and tape our classes. And I went in the first day and I just danced. I brought my music and I just went and I put my hand in the bar and I felt like I was at home. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I think most dancers almost have this, I can't explain. There's this like thing that happens between you and, and dance in and the studio and the music that you can't explain to anyone else.
0: Hmm. How, how much can dancers expect to make through the course of a year? Like what's the range for high and, and low for the average dancer?
1: Well, I mean, if you're working on a Broadway show I think the minimum now is you're making about 120 grand a year or 130 because I think the equity minimum now is like $2,300.
0: Um, are, are most people tied into something like that or are most uh, dancers freelance and just going from job to job, to job, to job. Well, that, that still is a freelance. Don't forget, Mark, because when you do a Broadway show,
1: they'll make you sign for six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So I know in an art day, you know, what people used to do when we were in New York, they're like, gosh, I can't get a Broadway show, but I really need the money. I'll I need to go on the road because you know, on the road, then they give you per diem. And if you're very savvy, you can room with somebody else and and send more money home. Mm-hmm. Um of course, if you're dancing in a movie or something, you're go- going under like SAG rates, depending on how long you're on the movie, but then you get the residuals. Um, it just depends on what you're making. I think the average dancer though, because when you're averaging everybody in on a cruise ship, I'm not sure what they're, they're paying. The average salary of dancer, probably a working dancer is somewhere low end
0: 40,000, high end millions because well, that's not bad at all 40,000 is not it's about, it's more than the average american makes i think the average american makes something like 30,000 I, I i didn't know that but i will definitely tell
1: you that i believe a younger dancer will make more than an average than an average act, uh young actor mm-hmm. uh, you know I, i'm just saying a freelance person because even if that young actor books a couple you know days on a couple movies the dancer is more like making weekly income if that makes sense, cause mm-hmm. you're gonna show that you're performing live most mostly mm-hmm. so that then you have more of a, um, you know, you're getting a weekly income, so.
0: So do dancers have to take on supplemental income much like actors have to do, or can they generally fill in the gaps with the many different ways that, that you named of how a dancer can actually earn a living?
1: Yeah, I, so I, I would like to answer that pre-pandemic, yes. I think most of my friends that were dancers made their living pretty much solely from dancing. I, I don't believe that they had, when, when they would do other jobs, it was because they were doing artistic things. Like I need, I need to just, I'm working, on singing. I wanna be a singer, I'm working on my acting and I don't wanna to leave town. I mean, that's what I did when they, I mean, the day I, I like I said, I, I got this, I, I kissed the ground, I was doing My Fair Lady, production of My Fair Lady. It's an equity production and I didn't know what my next gig was. I was just, I was like, you know, it's hard. Okay. It's harder to get a job waiting tables in this town than it is dancing. I, I, I even in my day, I can vouch for that. I kid you not. Maybe mm-hmm. not now. Cause there's so many chains like cheesecake factory, but in our day, Mark, I was praying. I was like, God, please let me get, please. And this restaurant hired me. I turned down a cruise ship. I was so excited because that mean, meant I could stay here, mm-hmm. study my acting and, and, you know, get a better dancing job. Mm-hmm. Hmm. so there was there was a time here in l a what I guarantee you was easier to get
0: a job dancing than it was to get one in a restaurant mm-hmm. hmm. what role do you think that arts funding should play in this country? Should art be funded in the united states yeah, I wish
1: it were funded more i i, I if you let's let's put it this way there's no other way to put it. It, it, it the the foundation of humanity our artists when we go back and look at an era we're looking at Michelangelo, what he painted on the Sistine Chapel, right?
0: Mm -hmm. I,
1: I, there's four foundations of the arts. Art is just so important to humanity and generations that are gonna come long after you and I are no longer here. This should be funded. This should be funded by the government. This is, should be an important part of our existence.
0: It seems that it plays a lot, a, a much more important role in, in some other countries. It does. Like Germany, Russia. It does.
1: Mm-hmm. Most of my teachers, you know, my my main teachers from Romania is like, Gary, they pulled us out of elementary school. You are going to study ballet because you've got the body. Well, he kind of pulled me in college and said, you're going to be a ballet dancer. And I was like, okay. But But no, I agree.
0: I just, you know. What's the... What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Best piece of advice I've ever been given
1: is a piece of advice I gave my my nephew that he remembered and told me on his wedding day. Everything in life happens for a reason, and almost always, it's for the
0: best. Hmm. Uh, what are your biggest vices or indulgences?
1: Well, okay, we'll tell you that since I since I I love to travel, but since I had a business, spending is something I got to get a grip on. Um, When you are successful, like I was financially successful in a couple industries, it it was hard for me to relearn. You can't spend that. You can't go there. You can't have that, right? But I'm telling you, it's 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 much better now for me. Because now I, I've modified myself; like I don't need that. I, you know, I mean, I, 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 I. So that was something for me that was really, really prevalent. Um, it's just thinking that we need things we don't need, which is, I think, most of our country. When I was really successful, a really good friend of mine that I, did, you know, this huge house in Sherman Oaks, and 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 I, my friend came to stay with me, and he's like one of my friends said to me, Gary, your bathroom is larger than my apartment in New York. I'm like, okay. And my friend said to me, my friend said, Gary, I don't know what's happened to you, but you just have too many things. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I, I've, I've never seen, like, you've got so much closet space because there's so many clothes with tags on them. You have CDs. You know, that time we had CDs, it's probably in the nineties or something. He goes, there's CDs with tags on it because like, why would you buy something if you weren't going to use it or listen to it? And I didn't have an answer to the question, but that's when I started thinking, "Wow, he's right." I have a whole closet full of clothes, but I still do that. <laughs> I still have a lot. Of, I mean, with clothes, I have a little bit of advice. I have a ton, ton of clothes that that I have that just have tags on them still. So, spending would be the biggest advice, I,
0: but I'm a lot better now. Than yeah. I was you are, or you were involved in dance therapy, or maybe you still are. And is, is what is dance therapy and and. Is that something you're still involved in? I think well, I read that you went to school to study uh, well, dance and psychology. Correct. I, I I
1: was lucky and I was blessed because when I went to school, I went to school to study dance. Well, theater dance, you know, I wanted to be an actor, dancer, person. And I happened upon the school that had a dance therapy program because the head of the dance department was a registered dance therapist. So I switched my minor to psychology, which I ended up majoring, double majoring in both of them. And yeah, I learned a lot of things uh, about back then dance therapy and it was a great experience. I think I was too young to really appreciate it. So I'm like, no, I think I need a career as a dancer first, but where it came into play was later in my life. When, when i went back to school, I got a degree in metaphysical philosophy and Dance therapy works for populations that maybe can't work with verbal therapy, such as a schizophrenic person who's catatonic or um, an autistic child that can't speak. So, you know, you start with them on move with movement. It's very interesting. It's just an interesting um, way to reach people.
0: Hmm. Um, Do you consider yourself to be religious?
1: I do. I said, well, I give myself to be very spiritual. I I was raised Christian, very, you know, kind of hardcore Christian. However, that today means so many things because everybody in every church is, is Christian. I do think that there's a universal power. We call him God. You know, I don't even know if it's male or female, but there has to be, in my opinion, energy doesn't cease to exist or, you know, it doesn't just go anywhere. So what happens when you die? Well, you're living energy, you know, you can't just go into nothingness. So there has to be something that happens to us when we leave here, you know, just like when we came in. So I was raised Christian and, and I still consider myself Christian, but when I study he the physical philosophy, it, it, it allows you to look at other Religions and other thoughts of other people, and we kind of say something that I heard in a Christian church is like we're all really praying to the same God. What do you call it the central intelligence of the universe? Okay, I might call him God. Somebody might call him Buddha. Somebody might call him Jesus. Somebody might call him Muhammad. You know, but we're, we're basically putting energy
0: in saying there's something there that's greater than me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You touched on it. A little bit, and I'll leave it up to you if you want to expand on it more. But how did your life coaching begin?
1: Well, my life coaching began, I think, when I lost a lot of assets, and I got a job. I, I got a job in a call center. Um, I didn't know what else to do. I it, literally enough. I still own. This, this sounds really funny to say because I don't. I don't want to come off as as, as something that that isn't grateful and humble and, and, and I just happened to be in this position where I still I had to let go of some, some properties. I found myself I still owned three properties in Los Angeles, but I was insolvent, meaning I couldn't pay and I and I couldn't and I was selling real estate at the time as well and everything was at a standstill and I lost money everywhere, the stock market everywhere, everything I turned. But I consider it a blessing and I'll tell you why because sometimes losing things, things weigh you down. Sometimes people are weighted down by things. Sometimes it's their achievements and their accomplishments. Sometimes it's monetary things, and sometimes it's just things that they weigh you down.
0: Because we we should be free spirits to go do what we're created to do.
1: We uh, should be. I don't so know why means-
0: society tends to bind us down, though. It seems like uh, um, the 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 powers that be don't want people to be free and to do what they want, even if they're not hurting anyone else. I mean, there are people what? ripping masks off people's face. Like, if someone is wearing a mask because, you know, they might think that that is protecting themselves and other people, why would what business is that of someone else to actually rip that mask off someone? Yeah, it's, just, it's ridiculous,
1: right? It's just a call for. These are unprecedented times. And I think that Universally, this had to happen, starting with uh, um, George Floyd. I mean, starting with "I can't breathe." I can't breathe. Okay, that this this, this, this is the mental picture that none of us will ever forget. Ever forget
0: mm-hmm.
1: what human being on the planet get on somebody? I mean, and people st- just. I can't even fathom. And I would just been like, "Shoot me! Like get you get off him." So, but. I can't breathe. And, and, and it going into this whole thing, the coronavirus and people not being able to breathe, you know, I don't think that, you know, there's, you know, like, like a God up there that really cares, like, you know, like that wants to kill. No, of course not. What happens is we create energy and, you know, Mark people have just gotten to the point where they have no regard for human life anymore. And, How is that going to flourish for our future generations?
0: Yeah, it's really a shame because it does seem like evil is the prevailing energy on this planet. Yeah, there are some wonderful people and people doing great, wonderful things, but it seems like evil rules. I mean, if if a police officer rats out another police officer that is doing police brutality, it's the one ratting out that police officer that is going to get the most consequences. Even generally in business even it's the more ruthless unsavory guy that's doing illegal things that makes the most (laughs) and it seems to be
1: rewarded by society we have definitely become a a society of descending moral and ethic value however i don't perceive it as evil though it is evil it's just fear-based it's fear. What starts a war, a country worried that somebody else is going to attack them. You know, what every, when I centralized and realized that most of the things that held me back in my life were my own fears. I realized that, well, we're all fearful of something, but Mark, at the end of the day, I, we could stop this interview. And I don't know that I'm going to go out and God forbid there's a car accident. Do you know what I'm saying? So the, the the thought that we can actually control anything, even leaders of countries, yeah, you could, you know, you can throw a nuclear bomb on somebody else, but at the end of the day, it's like you can run, but you can't hide. What are you really getting away with? I think that we have to reach a consciousness that, I mean, more like when you were a little boy growing up in the 70s, I mean, people are just kinder to one another. Um, I think racially, people ask me this all the time. I'm like, are you kidding me? I grew up in church where we were learned to love anybody. You know, it's funny, like when you were on on television as a little boy, I didn't say, I didn't see you as a boy of color. It's just like, there's a little boy on TV. Like I could maybe do that too. Just I'm saying, I feel like, even though they said racial tensions were higher than, I certainly wasn't raised that way. Um, And I grew up in suburban Ohio. Um, the first place I was really shocked was when I moved to New York in 1980. And I realized how prejudiced people really were. <laughs> I'm saying I was like, hmm. okay, I guess in suburban Ohio, people just love each other one a lot more. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I saw racial prejudice. I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. It was in larger cities. Um, but I do think a consciousness has to happen where we, where love is so I guess you
0: have to decide if you're going to be ruled by your fear or ruled by your love. Yeah. Well, I, I wish more, or people let love were... rule you or let fear rule you.
1: I, I wish more people were ruled by love because even myself, even I realize when I, when I get cross with somebody and I try not to, it's like, it's out of my own fear. It's like, what's, what's going to go wrong? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even the presidents, you know, we had Trump. I was not a supporter of Trump. That's not, any you know great thing i probably went on social media i was like what the heck because his demeanor was just there's so many things that i I just didn't set well with me but most was some of the things he said that were just just the demeanor and debilitation that he was saying making
0: saying derogatory things about women and handicapped people i was like boy and, half the, and over half the country supports that.
1: Yeah, but I was just like, I, because, because they, they can't get to the, they can't really get to the real issue is that we all don't love ourselves enough. And I would say those people don't, they're fearful. Mm-hmm. They are fearful that something's gonna be taken away from them. And yeah, I was shocked at how many people supported him and, you know, support people like that. But I
0: believe it's all fear-based. I, really no, do. I would agree with that. Um, last question. What's next for you? Where where do you see yourself in the future in five to 10 years? Well, so
1: right now for me, it's a very exciting time. Thank you for asking that. So I've been working more with Hernan studio, Hernanphotography.com, working with the younger actors and I'm taking on more uh, talent to manage. I'd like to- Actors,
0: singers, uh, dancers, what kind of talent are you- Right at? now I'm taking
1: on all types of different talent, but mostly actors who, who if they sing and dance, that's great too. Okay, So mostly actor people in Los Angeles of all ages, um, bicostal is fine as well, um, as well as doing the life coaching. But, but what I would like to do going forward is again, um, involved more in producing content.
0: That seems to be the most practical thing for any artist these days. I mean, we do have the technology to do it right. and it just seems to be a hell of a lot more. I mean, at least at the end of the day, you will have created something versus uh, being submitting yourself for one of the other 2000 actors that have submitted themselves to say a couple of lines on some show. And, right. and then right. if you book that, then who knows when you're working again. Yeah, it's well, and I also think I mean, I try to put
1: my people with good agent representatives, but again, again, opportunity meets preparation. There's a lot involved in, in, in promotion and, and you, know, you know, opportunity meets preparation and being in the right place at the right time certainly play a factor. But I feel like, of course you control yourself. I mean, just like Mitzi Gaynor, I learned, yeah, who cares that she was in, you know, movies with Gene Kelly and did South Pacific. She's like, hey, wait a minute, I'm gonna take control of myself. And her husband, Jack Bean, was an agent, was a producer. He's like, we are going to do this. You're going to do your own darn show. And she was a huge success with it. It brought her, I don't know, a bunch of TV specials, I think in the 70s. Yeah, all the Mitzi Gaynor specials in the 70s. So, I mean, we have such a great opportunity as artists to do that today. So I would encourage everybody, like, while you can sell a digital for somebody else's stuff, but do your own. Like, let's, let's see what your thing is going about. Like, this show for you, this is amazing. I'm so proud. I mean, it's, I'm honored that you... One to include me as a guest. I'm humbled that you would you know think of me as a guest. So well, think- I'm
0: honored that that you agreed to come on, and uh, and back to Mitzi Gaynor, it, it doesn't hurt to have a spouse that's an agent or manager either. <laughs>
1: that's correct too. I well you know, and I will say it is very good to have good representation, um, and 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 to to find somebody that believes in you. And I think that's the most important thing. You know, when I was managing talent, speaking of Lance Roberts, it's so funny. He told me something that is, is true. And, and this is a funny thing that I just want to say. He said, Gary, one person in LA talking about you means somebody means something. And I think that's interesting. Because, you know, when I was doing the breakdowns through Jolie, my friend, and when I had my own company, I realized just my name alone, I would get on the phone and I'd be like, this is Gary Perry. And people are like, oh, he sounds like he's somebody we should have heard of. I <laughs> Just because the name rhymes. So Like, I didn't even know it was working that way. Does that make sense? They were Mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. Like, I think because the name rhymed, people were frightened. They're like, oh, I have no idea who this person is, but he sounds like he should be somebody, you know? So I think that 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 waited a lot. But I do think that, you know, I'd like to, and producing content or anything you can do to show your creativity, is, 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 you know, because that may go, but who knows, you may get a role on something that's, you know, and then you could still produce your own thing. Mm-hmm. Successful people produce other people, you know, mm-hmm. let's face it, you know, all, all of the people. I, it's so funny. I think also being old, like, it's not like I, I met so many celebrities, not just the ones I worked with, but one of the first, the first part I went to was at Lenny Kravitz's house because Phineas, because actually Phineas, Phineas picked me up from the airport. It's so funny. We know so many people in common. Um, Phineas actually picked me up from the airport when I'm from LA. And he's just done a movie called Break In. And mm-hmm. I think we went to, he went to, he was just good friends with Lenny Kravitz, who, who, whose mom was Roxy Roker. And so like, he was the first person I went to in LA. I was like, wow Lenny did everybody grow up like this (laughs) I was just like I was like I came from New York I thought wow this is crazy I get picked up from the airport in a convertible I go to this huge you know this party in this gorgeous house I just mark I was like what the heck you know what I mean (laughs) just so strange but but yeah I think producing context believing in yourself is the most important thing and seeking opportunities wherever you can get them you know sounds okay well
0: the last
1: go ahead are you always happy? Are you happy with
0: your representative?
1: I've got somebody for you if you're not.
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, definitely some good things to think about. Gary, thank you so much for thank taking you. this time to to chat with me. I really thank you because it's really you first guest. And I guess the feedback that I get when I post it that will kind of determine the direction of the show. Because, you know, I don't really know. I had never really thought about doing a podcast. Uh, it had been suggested to me before, but then fairly recently, a month or so ago, it was suggested again, and for whatever reasons it resonated. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work. You know, I yeah, didn't know how much work it was until I got involved in doing it. I can imagine. Uh, but, uh, but you know, at least it, it just seems, it, at least at this point, it makes more sense to me than just waiting for something to happen or, or trying to be submitted for this and that and you know, I'm just more in the frame of mind now, creating something for yourself. There is
1: a huge demand for people that are, you know, over 50. So, I mean, I would think you'd be going on a lot of stuff. Um, I I think that that's probably, you know, it's a good time for people that are, you know, in our age range.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Things to think about. I've heard that New York is really popping. I heard like New York is like off the hook right now. As far as uh, uh, work, <laughs> people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of... I, I heard a lot of it is because they they are afraid that another pandemic is going to happen. So they want to get a lot of stuff in the can.
1: In the can. Yeah, That well, that makes sense. That should be here too. You know, right? Yeah, you would think. That should be I don't here. know
0: what's going on here. You know, I haven't really been... Do you mind? That. Do you mind if I ask who is your agent? Uh, I'm technically with uh, Ryan Hayden from Ideal Talent Agency, but you know I hardly talk to him. He hasn't been sending me out. He didn't never really sent me out because actually I got him because I was in a acting class that a friend of mine was teaching, mm-hmm. and she recommended me to him. And he took me, but it was at a time when I had just gone back to school to study jazz improvisation. So I didn't really want to go out on any interviews. I didn't want to okay. be taking off from class to do that. So, you know, that's kind of where we left it. And that was probably 10 years ago. So, but but he'll still call me like, you know, sometimes people want to use a clip of this or that. And he's still like my agent on the book. So when people are trying to get to me. I, go through so,
1: so I I have an agent that I think, that might, I could connect you maybe with. So I'm gonna reach out to him if you're interested.
0: That would be great, but I don't know of right now. I think I wanna to try to focus on getting this thing up and going. And okay. once it's up and going, then I can start putting some other irons in the fire. Yeah, let me know. Cause I think he'd get you out a lot. Um, and I think- That's he'd... another thing too. I do have a full-time job and, you know, uh, I don't know how complicated that's going to get. I mean, it's a little better because I've heard everything is self-tape now, but still, um, yeah, you know, I do have a forty-hour commitment <laughs> at a right. job, and I'm not sure how auditions and stuff would would interfere with that. Well, that of course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, I mean. at, and at my age, I'm not sure if I want to just give up right. my my primary source of income.
1: Yeah, with benefits and everything, probably right.
0: No, no benefits, but still at least I know I have a roof over my head and food in my mouth. Right. Of course. Of course. But I may hit you back on that at some time, you know, just depends on how things, you know. Yeah. What what the what the where the gods are leaning me towards. Yeah. Kind of to go to your metaphysical teachings or say right right there you go just
1: sessions i love that we'll definitely keep in touch it was just very i'm thrilled that i was able to reconnect with you and we were yeah to...
0: me too and i will definitely let you know when i when i start posting these things and, oh, sure uh, and you just have a wonderful rest of the the day i do plan on uh hitting lance up at some point but you know i want to get these 12 you know just so i can kind of figure out what's going on and if it's really going to lead anywhere. Um, you know, so all right, my friend
1: all right, you take have good a, care man.
0: a wonderful rest of your evening and and let's definitely keep in touch, yes, for sure, okay, you take good care, all right, cheers, bye 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 don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Posh, cause I'm not Julia's son, not anymore don't call me Corey Baker, call me Marco Paj. 'Cause I'm not Julia Sun not anymore. Don't call me Corey Baker. Call me Marco Paj. Cause I'm not Julia's son like I was before